great future. We're talking real money. Well, if your favorite late night talk show is on hiatus thanks to the writer's strike, you have nothing to worry about when it comes to talking real money because we have no writers. So no one to strike. There's no problem whatsoever with us. We're going to be here anyway because we just make stuff up as we go along. I'm Don. That's Tom. Wait, we, there's nobody writing this show? This is just whatever spews out all the time? Actually, I take that back. I take that back. I never write anything down. Well, that part's true. Tom, on the other hand, he does write stuff down, but he does not script the show. Uh, but he does write notes to himself. And I do have like a lot that. of notes. You're That's organized. True. You are more organized than it's, I am. You know, it's the, it's the difference between the media, our media backgrounds. In television, everything was written down on radio. Nothing was written down. So oh, you're no. a radio Talk guy, radio, a TV Talk, guy. You as a matter of fact, when I started in radio, the thing that saved me and turned me into a talk show host was a woman telling me to stop reading yeah. and start talking. Yeah, relate. Just talk. Be yourself and talk to people, which is what Wait, we do, except do you have, we do something different. What? Do we have her name and number? I'm going to call her. I got her to blame for this. Dude, um, she was probably in her 80s. I'm going to find she her if she's still alive. Me. In 1985, let's mm, do the okay. math, shall we? Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Maybe she should be president or something. I don't know. So, <laughs> oh, you know, we're trying to avoid politics, remember? <laughs> I know. Not remember? just saying everybody's running saying, for president's old, I guess, but remember, okay, close. we're not doing that. Yeah, we're letting it go. I'm done. That's Tom. Yeah. I think we said that part. Oh, mm. the thing we talk about, though, here yeah. on this podcast is um, money. Why money, you ask? If you have to ask, then you shouldn't be listening because if you have any or you want some or you're trying to figure out how to do whatever it is you need to do with it or retire comfortably or pay for a kid's college education or buy a boat or a car or a home or whatever it is, you know you got to deal with it and you know, you know, there are people who are going to deal with you in a way that might not be good for you. So give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 24-7. Send us your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. Learn a lot at TalkingRealMoney.com. And we're going to try and save you from things like, well, from things like really dangerous investments that get away. They literally get away with lies, with big, fat lies. However, the story for most of these investments, you know, it used to be, just not that long ago that they tell you a 7% annual return or an 8% annual return with no risk was really good. Well, these days you can get five on CDs. So the lie has to inflate. Oh, 11%. No, 12%. With no risk, Tom. I absolutely love the Cliffwater Enhanced Lending Fund, which isn't very big, $1.5 billion dollars that holds private debt. But here's the thing I really like about it. The document that they use to the circular that they offer says the fund has a sharp ratio of more than 10 and a beta of zero. What does all that mean? Sharp <laughs> 10 and zero. What does 10, that mean? 10, 10. Yeah. 10. Well, let me just, the sharp ratio is a means created by professor William Sharp, winner oh, yeah. of the Nobel prize. For this, the Sharpe Ratio is a means, a mathematical means by which you measure risk and return. 
the risk-adjusted return relative to others. It's a relative number. And anything from one and up is a good sharp ratio. That's a positive. So give us an example of I was going to do like that. that for yeah, you. Yeah, because I'd like I, to know. I mean, what would, what would be up, their category? I looked up online uh, the highest sharp ratios for exchange-traded funds right now. Pretty fair comparison. Sure. Right? Yeah. The uh, Fidelity Select Software and IT Services Portfolio has a sharp ratio of 1.45. The uh, Let's go up a little bit to, to uh, let's see, how about the First Trust Dow Jones Internet ETF? 1.53. The Putnam Global Technology. You're going to see a pattern here. 1.62. So around one and a half for these pretty risky I, I, ventures. I've got a couple that, that are pushing. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's see. What's the highest? I want the highest. I got to go down here. The highest, the highest is a Voya. Now, this is a very similar fund, by the way, except this is publicly traded to this one. A Voya Securitized Credit ETF. So these are loans that are wrapped up and Car sent loans, off to you. things yep. like that, mm -hmm. yeah. Sharp ratio, 3%. Wow. So, okay. But so 10 is a bit off the charts. Oh, and then gosh. Yeah. And it's so funny because there's a comment in the article, the Zweig article you're reading, something that Bill Sharp actually was, was he asked about this number? He was asked about this. William Sharp, the university, Stanford University finance professor, Nobel laureate, as you mentioned, he said, he, so uh, Jason Zweig asked him about it and said, when he gave him the score, he said, Quote, maybe that's Sammy Sharp's ratio. And uh, Jason Zweig replied, who's Sammy Sharp? And the professor responded, I don't know, but that can't be my ratio. Because it's an impossibly large number. Yeah, it's hard to see. So in this, these are. And beta, are... by the way, is a measurement of risk. Thank you. So was what was their beta? Zero. Oh, zero. Okay, so literally they're saying we have the highest risk adjust. We have a high, the highest possible yeah. risk adjusted return ever in the history of any investment, and the lowest risk ever in the history of any investment. Now, what does that sound a lot like? A ripoff? I don't know. A lie? Uh, I don't don't a know because face lie. That's they what it sounds like to me. Specialize in direct loans to small and mid sized companies. This is part of the boom in what they call alternative investments. And these companies pay 11% or more in floating rate mm. floating rate uh, uh, loans. So these could go up as they have. And some loans pay off, some loans don't. What's okay. the name of this company again, Tom? This is Cliffwater Enhanced Lending Fund. Cliffwater Enhanced Lending Fund. It's very small, $1.5 billion. And Jason Zweig is pick, picking on them for the reason that you just said. Again, we're getting back into this double digit. You can make double digits. It's going to be easy. There's no risk here. And that is not quite uh, true. Not even close. And by the way, you can make uh, almost 5% now in T-bills. So you could, that is fairly riskless uh, to own those. And guess what? Here's the other part you're going to love, Don. The management fees start at 1.25 annually, sometimes get up to three, and there's incentive fees in which the managers take 10 to 15% of 
any excess over the target rate of return. And here's even more fun. Guess what? Uh, One third of the private U.S. credit funds don't even do any due diligence. They outsource that to others who tell them, yeah, this is a good loan. You're going to be okay." So don't worry. Be happy. One of the questions I always ask when I hear this is I'm going, what kind of companies are are paying 12 percent to borrow money? Yeah. Guess what? Even in this environment, what kind of companies? And there was a, a recent news story that points right to one of them. There's a company that is getting ready to file for bankruptcy so it can restructure its onerous debt. In other words, bail on a lot of its debt, which means the people who hold the debt are going to lose a lot of money, and that is Vice Media. They're getting ready to file for bankruptcy, and tons of money was lent to them at high, risky rates. They don't lend this money out for nothing. They are going to charge through the nose, particularly when they knows that some people aren't going to pay it off. They knows when some people aren't going to pay it off. Uh, this is this is the kind of thing that uh, we regularly tell people not to invest in. Not. Uh, there's, a, there's a long history of what they call alternatives not doing well. I'd go back and look at 50 years of returns at all kinds of things like limited partnerships and more recently at Things like SPACs or crypto or things that look really great because they're going to make you unlimited amounts of money. Number two, aren't these the kind of products that hedge funds use? And how's their track record been? Hmm. Mm, Not as good as the standard four or five hundred. Yeah. Uh, And if this, frankly, this is one of those things to me when I read it, it sounds too good to be true. I think it is. And by the way, after Mr. Zweig called the firm out on this, guess what they did? Oh, they rewrote the offering a little bit to say, well, yeah, it's not really that great as we they updated you know, the document. I'm looking at their <laughs> website and they are uh they the, that fund is no longer on their website. However, their Cliffwater corporate lending fund is uh, is still there and uh here's what the the, the claims are just incredible. They're claiming that investment grade bonds and this is accurate that they have a risk uh, a uh, a standard deviation of 5.95. Which sounds low. Yeah. But yeah. theirs, theirs, on their corporate lending fund, they're claiming it's two. That doesn't make any sense. That's upside down. <laughs> no, literally, because one is publicly traded debt, the other is not, correct? Right, right. And they're claiming that their return... Uh, it has since the inception of their fund has been 8% per year while the investment grade bonds have returned a negative half a percent. Wow. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds Stand like clear. pretty big claims for, uh, for, and here's the thing is all of this is, it's all unlikely. It's not impossible, but it's highly unlikely that any investment anywhere is going to return more money to you for less risk than another comparable investment that is available to the to the public. If there were magical investments that could return 8% with less risk than regular bonds, then people would be flooding into yeah, that there'd, security. There'd be no stock market at the end of the yeah. day because I'd take all our clients 8%, pay me that with no risk, beta of zero, that'd be easy. By the way, uh, Cliffwater has updated their document According to the co-head of asset management, we decided to remove the sharp ratio from the fact sheet as it appears to distract from the substance of the fund. 
the substance of the fund in that you're still <laughs> trying, claiming to be able to do something that no one else on the planet has ever been able to do consistently. I don't get it. Oh, well, that's How why we some... have questions. Yeah. To call me right down. That'll Tom, do it. Do you have How questions? About... Yeah, call we me. do. I need a calming question. Yeah, this comes from William in uh, East Rockaway, New York. Rockaway. Yeah, out there Rockaway, on Long Rockaway, Island. Rockaway. There you go. Uh, enjoy the show. Find it both informative and entertaining. 57 married, currently working full time in New York City. As of today, I have $1.1 million in a 401k. Uh-huh. Also, one hundred seventy thousand in an employer annuity fund, thirty-five thousand emergency fund in a high yield savings account, and ten thousand dollars in savings. No credit card debt, car loans, uh, house worth six hundred. Have about one hundred twenty-five remaining. That all sounds good. But here's the where the rubber meets the road. Wants to know about the portfolio. Mm. I took a look. He has. Uh, he's got. He's invested in a Vanguard International Fund, a Vanguard S and P five hundred fund, a Vanguard U.S. Mid Cap Fund, and a Vanguard REIT fund. Mm. Mm. So you're Sounds missing like, some asset classes yeah, here you, that are very yeah, important, and, and you're going to far more effort than you need to to get all the right asset classes. Well, I don't know what all the funds available. This is in a four hundred one k, so I don't know all the funds are available, but. If they've got U.S. mid-cap, they for sure have got U.S. small-cap value because Vanguard has a very fine U.S. small-cap value mm-hmm. fund. If they have international, it's likely that they have an emerging markets fund. Mm-hmm. So you're really you're really kind of focused on large companies. You're too focused on the U.S. and you're missing of the value component, which is really something that you don't have in any of those funds, the international S&P 500, U.S. mid-cap, or the REIT fund. You got to get smaller and you got to get value and you got to get a little more international for me. So what what does he have outside of the 401k uh, investable assets? Well, he mentions uh, just the 170,000 in an employer annuity fund and then the rest is savings. There really is no brokerage account okay, he has where no he could own this other asset. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, because I was going to say if they don't offer them, then get your, your S&P or if they have a total market. Just do that. But if they don't, do the S&P 500 and the international and then get small cap value outside of the account if they don't offer it. And just those three are going to help a lot. Yeah, Yeah, because frankly, I would swap out the U.S. mid cap for small cap, as you say. uh, And if you can't get those in the 401k, I think that's great advice, Don. Simply open another account and put them in that a post-tax brokerage type account. So you have access to that. That's great. And idea. another, if you can afford to do it, another interesting thing, you may make too, if you make too much to, to be eligible for a Roth IRA, if you could squeeze some more money out, do a non-deductible IRA. But if you can do a Roth, do a Roth. But if you can't do a non-deductible IRA, since you don't have an IRA, it's not going to cause you to pay taxes pro rata on other things. Do a backdoor IRA and then use that for your small cap. Backdoor Roth IRA. Backdoor Roth IRA. Yeah, right. And yeah. that's a great place to own that uh, small Sorry. cap value or international value or emerging markets. Terrific. You got it. Great question. Thank you. Uh, I guess we call you Bill. He put in William from East Rockaway, New York. Great question. So now I got to say, is it time to stay calm and retire happy? No, no. 
This is why the writers leave. I, I, okay, please, I'll write it down. Please go. And then I'm going to go join the picket line because I wrote this. (laughs) Keep calm. It's like the old World War II poster from Ah, 1938. Keep calm and retire strong. Retire strong. Okay. That is. Think strong, big, strong money. The title of our new class, which is coming up, uh, we already we have already sold. I can't use the term sold. We sold more than half of the in person seats already. Those those were free, sir. I know. So I can't really can't say sold. Maybe I'll stand in front and try and sell shirts or mugs or something. Ah, uh, we do have shirts and mugs, by the way. I know. We, we <laughs> we're gonna have this. Will be a class with merch. There you We're go. We're going to have the merch girls. We get, can do I, we get a can merch I, girl or a merch can I, guy? Can I sell those outside of the classroom to make a buck? Or Absolutely. Not? You right, just hawk it. those things See to what your heart's content. <laughs> so uh, keep calm, retire strong. Thank you, Don. Coming up on uh, Wednesday, the 24th of May. If you're listening to us uh, online, virtually, wherever it is. Which they are. It's a podcast. I know. So then you simply go to Talking oh, Real Money. You click on show. May 2023, I believe is what it says. And you can register right there and you can join us. We will be doing it in person and virtually. It's going to be around an hour with questions. It's going to be a good time. So join Let's us for see. that. Yes, it does say. The button says May 2023 class. I got class. that part right. Thank you. Or you can scroll down and you'll just see the, oh. the little poster, Keep Calm and Retire Strong. Okay. Click on that. That's all see I got. If I click on it, what happens? Oh, look at that. Cool. It works. So we've already sold half the in-person seats? Yeah, something like that. So I knew those like would go that. quick. Those will be right. gone after this Saturday show, for sure. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of our little podcasty thing. We're glad that you can listen, and we hope you'll tell your friends, and we uh, will be back doing another one, well, really soon, like probably tomorrow, but it depends on when you're listening. But the nice thing about podcasts is you can listen anytime as Tom, that guy over there, and me, Don, sit around in front of microphones, babbling and talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.